I'm on my way with a soul Never dies My darkest night will turn Today with a soul Never dies No sad farewells No tear dimmed eyes Where all is love And the soul never dies And the second now A rose is blooming there for me where the soul never dies and i will spend turn up aren't you glad where the soul never dies no sigh no tear dim dies where all is love and the soul never dies. On the fourth now, my life will end in deathlessly. Where the soul never dies and everlasting joys are reap where the soul never dies dear friends no wells no tear dim dies where all is love and the soul sing the last now lift it to heaven I'm on my way aren't you glad tonight praise his name soul never dies there there will be no parting yet and the soul never dies deep no sad farewells no tear I'm thankful that I don't have to face the second death. Amen. I may die once. Amen. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. Page, page 359 tonight, leaning on the everlasting arms, 359. Until that day comes, I'm thankful that I've got somebody to lean on and to depend upon. Somebody that will go with me every step on life's journey. Amen. Not getting much up here, Jake, for some reason. Uh, amen. <clears throat> what a fellowship, what a joy divinely leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, safe and secure from all along, leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day. Leaning on. Amen. Amen. Leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, leap and secure from all alarms. Leaning on Jesus. 
Jesus, leaning on Jesus, lean. <clears throat> Everlasting arms and the last now. What have I to dread? What? Thank God for that. Leaning on the everlasting arms, I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear. Leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, safe and secure from all alarms leaning on jesus leaning on jesus leaning on the everlasting arms if you believe that tonight say amen but you can be seated it sure is good to be here appreciate amen another prayer meeting service and hope you're having a good week and I'll tell you, sometimes we just have to be thankful we're above ground, amen? And uh, that's certainly been the case uh, for me last two weeks, uh, trying to overcome this COVID bug, but uh, I made progress. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we're headed in the right direction, and the um, only problem is a uh, doctor put me on some steroid medicine, and I hadn't been able to sleep at night. And, uh, amen. I'm normally a, a night owl, but this morning I was still wait, laying wide awake at night about 6.30 in the morning. So at that point in time, I might as well just not even go to sleep, praise the Lord. So, but, amen. God's still been good, hadn't he, church? Amen. And, uh, amen. I tell you what, no matter, no matter what we may go through, what, may, what we may face, uh, God's been better to all of us than what we deserve. So, uh, hallelujah. So, uh, again, just a good number of young people. I'm excited to see just exactly how many we have tonight, but I know we've got a good number uh, for sure. But uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to minister to these, these children. And um, amen. In some cases, it's the only light that they're going to see. So we want to take advantage of the opportunity we have to share uh, the good news of the gospel with them. <clears throat> amen. Believe God, I believe God will bless us for that, don't you? Amen. I believe the Lord, uh, it's, it's very important to God that we uh, train up another generation uh, and point them to Jesus. Amen. That they might set their hope in God. So you pray for the youth program tonight downstairs and everybody that's working with these children. And um, pray for the van drivers. It's starting to rain a little bit. And uh, again, that always uh, makes things a little bit more complicated when you're taking them home. So you pray that that we'd get every one of them. That, that's how we know we've had a successful night, is if we get them all back to the same place where we picked them up. It's a success right there, amen? Everything else is just gravy, so praise God. But uh, just by way of announcement, uh, do remember here in a moment that we will receive uh, our um, weekly building fund offering. Again, this is something that we started just a few weeks back. Uh, again, uh, hoping to, to put a den in our building fund, our building project. God's blessed us. He's been good to us. So uh, little as much when God is in it. So whether it be upstairs or downstairs, we will receive on a weekly basis uh, a regular uh, Wednesday night building fund offering. You say, well, I don't have much to give. Well, hey, God can take a little and make a lot out of it. So you give what God would have you to it and watch you multiply that. God's mass different than ours, isn't it? Amen. So uh, he's a God of abundance, no doubt about that. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. So do remember this. I, I want to congratulate you. You know, uh, it always makes me nervous. You know, when we miss a week, uh, week service, that has an effect on us spiritually, has an effect on us in a lot of ways, uh, but it, all, it does have an effect on us financially. And our missions program had been doing so good and, uh, amen, uh, had a lot of momentum with our missions uh, ministry. And um, we did miss one Sunday this week due to weather, or this month, or last month, January. And we went into to this past Sunday morning, I was noticing that we were... Uh, far away from, from our $1,000 mark as far as missionary offerings. Uh, but boy, the Lord came through and put us over the hump as usual, as usual. So to God be the glory for that. Amen. And I appreciate how the Lord just continues to bless 
and prosper our missions ministry. And uh, again, um, amen. Uh, we'll continue to, to add to our missionary support as you continue to give. So let's just uh, continue. Amen. I believe, uh, I believe missions is the heartbeat of God. I do believe that. So uh, I believe that God will bless our church as we continue to be faithful to the Great Commission and carrying the gospel around the world. That being said, we need to pray for Miss Linda. She's uh, heading out of the country. I mean, when did you say you're leaving? Friday. Friday morning. She's going to Belize. Amen. I just hope they don't keep her over there. Amen. Uh, she's going with a dear friend of hers and uh, Miss uh, Christina. They can just keep Christina, but they got to let you come back. Is that all right? I think so too. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So you pray for Miss Linda, amen. And boy, I tell you, it's an honor. Uh, anytime we have a member of our church uh, go to the mission field, we've had uh, that take place on multiple occasions since I've been here. So let's remember Miss Linda as she uh, travels to Belize. Uh, amen. And, uh, but I believe God will bring her home safe and sound, don't you? <clears throat> this upcoming Sunday will be Youth Offering Sunday. Do remember that as we will receive our uh, monthly youth offering the first Sunday of every month. Well, I don't know about you, it doesn't seem possible that it's February, does it? Uh, but it is, so uh, amen. But um, anyway, uh, we will receive the youth, uh, youth offering. And, and I just want to remind my men uh, that uh, we've got a lot of church business to tend to. So uh, probably, Lord willing, this Sunday afternoon we'll have a, a business meeting Probably one of several. Uh, due to me having COVID, we're behind in our business. But we've got a lot to tend to, so you get ready. Amen. But it's good, positive. I tell you, the Lord continues to bless our church. And I'm thankful for that. I believe the best is yet to come, don't you? As we yield ourselves to Him and uh, be good stewards of that which He blesses us with, I believe the Lord will continue to pour out His blessings upon us. Uh, amen. As far as prayer requests tonight... Uh, uh, I'm sure you have some that you'd like to share. I'll let you uh, go ahead and share those, and I may give some uh, along the way. Do you have anything tonight that you'd like for us to pray about here at the church? Remember Miss Lula, she spent some time in the hospital over the weekend. She's at home now. But she uh, certainly still needs our prayers. Amen. Amen. Remember um, a special request. Anytime somebody asks us to pray, we need to be faithful in doing that, don't we? And then uh, remember Miss Joanne, I love her to death and, and miss her when she's not here. Go ahead, uh, Pam. Lisa. Remember my Aunt Lisa, she's sick. Others this evening? What's uh, your aunt's last name? Dotson. Remember this family. Others this evening. I've got a neighbor, Jeff Wolf, has got COVID. Him and him and some of them, part of his sister, came on Saturday night. Remember Jeff? That's right, Sam. Remember Jess Wolf with COVID and uh, some of Barbie's family was sick. Other Amen. Anthony's got a couple of cousins with COVID. Other prayer needs tonight. Amen. Remember Miss Peggy Bryson. Talked to her earlier this week myself. Remember Harold Chapman. Harold's in the hospital right now. Uh, remember him and Nancy. No, no, some, some other issues, Sam. Uh, I'll tell you, they just can't get over the hump, doesn't seem like. So continue to remember Harold and Nancy Chapman in prayer. 
<clears throat> Other requests tonight? Remember the Glee Dunbar family and another unspoken request. Now, did anybody else have unspoken requests that you'd like to make mention of? Lost loved ones? Yeah. Amen. Let's continue to remember our missionaries on the field. Uh, so much to pray for. We need to remember our, our, our nation, our community. We need to remember our police officers. My goodness. It's just such a tragedy to see um, uh, what's happening to our law enforcement officers across our country. Amen. Any others tonight? Yes. Remember the men of God? Devil's working overtime. Greater is he that's in me. Amen. Anybody else? Remember Hans Autumn with cancer? I was waiting on Bruce. I don't think we have too many services that Bruce don't have at least one prayer request. <laughs> and I say that positively, brother. You know that. Any other needs tonight? We'll gather around the altar. We'll take these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Uh, covet your prayers this evening. Anthony Knight, would you lead us in prayer, brother?
chorus with me tonight. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold that city. Until the day. God calls me home. Amen. I love that old song. Amen. Appreciate that, uh, Pam. All right. You can be turning with me in your Bibles tonight to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 13. Jeremiah, chapter number 13. While you're turning, you know, I do want to continue to remind you about the uh, Ark Ministries. Uh, uh, the Lord continues to bless that ministry. We're currently doing a, uh, a, um, a non-perishable food drive and hygiene items and blankets and all these things especially that we stand in need of uh, during this time of year. Uh, over the last couple of weeks we've been blessed to help multiple families that um, have requested assistance with food and different things like that. So uh, if you feel led to bring some canned food items or hygiene items or blankets or anything that uh, somebody might who is in need uh, might be blessed with, uh, you feel free to to help with that. Isn't it a blessing just to be able to help others? Amen. So do remember this ministry as God continues to bless that. So Jeremiah chapter number 13 tonight. Jeremiah chapter number 13. We'll be reading several verses so um, you don't have to stand per se. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 13 verse number 9 is where we're going to read this verse and then move on uh, and read a few more verses in the chapter. Verse number 9 of our text, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, after this will I mar the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Now look with me down at verse number 15, where the Bible says, Hear ye and give ear, be not proud. For the Lord hath spoken, give glory to the Lord your God before He calls darkness. And before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains, and while ye look for light, He turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. But if you will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears, because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Say unto the king and to the queen, Humble yourselves. Sit down, for your principalities shall come down, even the crown of your glory. The cities of the south shall be shut up, and none shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it. It shall be wholly carried away captive. Lift up your eyes and behold them that come from the north. Where is the flock that he was given thee, or that was given thee? Thy beautiful flock, what wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? For thou hast taught them to be captains. And as chief over thee shall not sorrows take thee as a woman... In travail, and if thou say in thine heart, Wherefore come these things upon me, for the greatness of my, thine iniquity, are thy skirts discovered, and thy heels made bare? Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Therefore will I scatter them as the stubble that passeth away by the wind of the wilderness. This is thy lot. The portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me and trusted in falsehoods. Therefore will I discover thy skirts upon thy face, that thy shame may appear. I have seen thine adulteries and thy names, thy lewdness and thy whoredom, and thine abominations on the hills and the fields. Woe unto thee, O Jerusalem, wilt thou not be made clean? When shall it once be? Uh, amen. Let's, can, let's see. All right. So that's the entire chapter. Praise the Lord. Uh, with the Lord's help tonight, I want to preach on this thought, the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. Father in heaven, I love you and I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to gather in this place, God. It sure is uh, good to be in the Lord's house, Lord. I think about where we were at a week ago, Lord, and uh, Father, Lord, not able to come to church because of our own sickness. But Lord, I'm thankful, uh, God, for your healing touch. And Lord, I'm thankful... For the people, Lord, that have made their way out tonight, I pray 
that, uh, Lord, we might glean from thy word and receive the truths that you have prepared for us. And God, I pray that your word might make a difference in our hearts. And God, I pray that when we leave this place, Father, that we might, uh, uh, Lord, be able to say, Lord, that uh, your word has been a lamp to our feet and a light in our paths, that we might hide your word in our hearts and not sin against thee. Uh, God, will praise you tonight for who you are and what you're going to do. Honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, we've been in chapter 13. Of course, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been in Jeremiah. I hadn't uh, been available due to sickness and such. But uh, this, I believe, is our third study in chapter 13. As Jeremiah is using several illustrations to describe the condition of uh, the nation of Judah. And Jeremiah, like many of the writers of the Word of God, he was a master illustrator. And uh, the first illustration we used or we looked at in the first portion of Jeremiah chapter number 13 was regarding the unclean garment. You remember the, how we talked about how that so many times, you know, um, I'm afraid we're unusable because the, de- uh, the Lord, when He sees us, um, we're not vessels prepared, meat for the Master's use, prepared unto every good work. Amen. God's not going to use a dirty vessel. God's not going to wear a dirty garment. Amen. He's looking for cleanness. Amen. Purity and holiness in our lives, something that's foreign to our world today. But then a couple of weeks ago, the last time uh, I was here preaching, uh, we considered uh, this thought of spiritual intoxication or spiritual drunk driving, so to speak, and how that, uh, again, God had allowed Judah, and what they perceived to be a blessing was in reality a curse. They had become intoxicated on the superfluity of their own prosperity, possessions, and spiritual, excuse me, material wealth. And God had blessed them with so much stuff, just as He has done so many of us, amen? And I'm thankful for what God's given to me, but I don't want to allow my blessings to cause me to lose the ability to discern where I really stand with God. Amen? And we consider this formula for covetousness, and we'll look at it a little bit more this evening. Gain is godliness. In other words, the more I have, the more I possess, and the more I am blessed with, the more godly I must be. And is that not the idea, even amongst many in religious circles today, Uh, Amen. Wealth and prosperity and material blessings equals spirituality and and godliness. Gain equals godliness. The more you have, the better you you, you are off spiritually. That's a dangerous assumption to make, church, because it could be that God will use an oversupply and an overabundance of blessings as as a form of a curse rather than a blessing. Uh, an overblessing and an oversupply of material wealth tends to produce, listen to me tonight, I'm just giving you an introduction before we get into the meat. It tends to produce a false sense of awareness regarding our true spiritual condition. And we, if we're not careful, we will assume that the more we have, the more godly we must be. Amen? Y'all help me preach this evening. Which, you know, there, there is a contrast, and we're going to see it tonight um, before the message is over, between the world's formula for covetousness rather than God's formula for contentment. Again, the, the world's formula for covetousness is that gain is godliness rather than the formula for contentment, which is godliness plus contentment equals great gain. Uh, Listen, if there's one thing that you can use to measure your own level of spiritual maturity, where you're at is how content you are. Amen? And would you not agree with me tonight that we're living in a society that has full of people, not just outside the church, but also within the house of the Lord, People who have not learned to master the art of contentment. 
Paul said, I have learned. And that right there tells me that it's not something that comes naturally within yourself. It comes from an outside source. I'm talking about God's grace has to give it to you. The ability. He said, I have learned that in whatsoever estate that I am in, therewith to be content. But how content we are with where we're at and what we have in life. And that's not easy. It's a whole lot easier to be content when you're up on top of the mountain than it is when you're, when you're down low in the valley. It's a whole lot easier to be content standing in the pulpit preaching rather than it is sitting in your recliner saying, Woe is me because I got COVID. Can I get a witness tonight? It's a whole lot easier for me to be content, uh, amen, when I've got a good job than it is to where I've just got fired. It's a whole lot easier for me to con be content when there's harmony and unity within my family rather than it is when I just lost a loved one or experienced tragedy. Amen. But again, uh, Paul said, I have learned that in whatsoever estate that I am in, therewith I have learned to be content. Have you learned to master the art of contentment? From the pulpit of the pew, most of us would have to say no. Uh, I'm still working on that one. Amen. Anybody else say, Brother Nick, I, I've still got a, Lord's still got a lot of chiseling to do on my life before uh, I know what it is to, to, to be content. Amen. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. You know, I, I think about Laodicea. Turn with me real quick and we're going to look at some scripture tonight. Revelation chapter number 3. You're familiar with this, but I think it's important for us to see the connection um, or the illustration that the Lord uses to the principle that we're trying to make this evening. Chapter number 3, the book of Revelation. If you found your place, say amen. Revelation chapter number 3. Verse number 14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Amen. They're lukewarm. They're apathetic. They're unconcerned condition. Uh, literally caused God to have a taste of sickness in His mouth towards Him. Reminds me of our day. But listen to this. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. Does that not remind you of just exactly what we're talking about this evening? Does that not remind you of the, the, the state of, the, uh, of the, uh, the nation of Judah and the city of Jerusalem in Jeremiah's day? Does that not remind you of the condition of our American culture? Amen. Uh, I am rich, I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. I'm just fine. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. See, they assumed that they were good spiritually, you listen to me this evening, because of the superfluity and the overabundance of the wealth that they possessed. In reality, they were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked in the eyes of God. Do you know it's possible for us to think of ourselves one way when in reality God sees us in an entirely different manner? Amen? They were in good shape materially. They were in an absolutely pitiful and terrible shape spiritually. Uh, they were just fine in their own eyes, but in God's eyes they were a mess. If we're not careful, we will use our material condition and our physical shape to mask, disguise, or cover up our true spiritual identity. Amen? We might even convince ourselves that we're okay spiritually because of how well we're doing physically and materially. Did you know that, I, and again, I, this is just based on 15 years of, of pastoral experience. Can I just say this to you tonight? Things have changed a lot since I first started pastoring. <laughs> I mean, this world's just, it's, it's different than it was even when I started as pastor of this church 15 years ago. But you know, if you look at things, uh, I, I believe even the world, 
I believe even those who are lost, those who don't know God, look at where we're at today as a society, and most of them would say, we're not all right, there's, there's something wrong. Then they may not be able to, to pinpoint the problem, but they would tell you something's wrong. But then you look at the church, and you look at so many churchgoers, and so many religious people, and so many proclaimed Christians, and you'd be amazed at how many of them would say, yeah, we're all right. We're okay. I mean, it's not perfect, but, but it could be worse, and that's true. It could be worse, and if something don't change, I got news for you, it's going to be worse. But it's almost like we're in a state of denial. We're unwilling to take the mask off and look at things and see things for what they really are. Why? Because we're still okay materially. We're still we're okay. I have need of nothing. And because I'm doing all right materially, I must be okay spiritually. That's a lie from Satan. We must not be guilty of using our material affluence to excuse our spiritual wretchedness. That's good preaching tonight. I wish somebody helped me preach. Amen? I'm talking about spiritual intoxication. We're so drunk on our stuff that we lose our sense of reality when it comes to spiritual things. There is an entire religious movement in our day, the prosperity gospel crowd, that uses material wealth and financial affluence and prosperity as the foundation of everything it does. It's all about the money. More than anything else, material affluence and financial prosperity will foster a sense of pride in our lives. If you don't be careful, what you have will cause you to become lifted up in your own personal estimation and evaluation. You know, wherever you're at tonight, I am what I am by the grace of God. If I got a, home, if I got a house to sleep in, got a roof over my head, if I got clothes on my back, if I'm not in a jailhouse or in the mental hospital, it's because God's been good to me. It ain't been because of anything I've done. Amen. If, if, if God left me alone, I'd, I'd make more of a mess of my life than what I already have. Anything good about this old boy, it's because of Jesus. And I cannot allow uh, my success. Amen. I can't allow the blessings that God so freely and graciously bestows upon my life to foster and develop an attitude of pride within myself. Why? Just because just as quickly as I come up, God will bring me down. Amen? If there's anything in this world that makes God want to puke, it's pride. And we got a whole lot of it in our world today. From the pulpit to the pew. You know where pride is causing more of a problem? Uh, to, it's, it's in religious circles. It's amongst preachers. There's more pride in the pulpit today than in any place in this world. I, I put this post out today, and here's the truth. Amen. We've got more, more uh, religious prima donnas standing behind pulpits, uh, preaching everything in the world except the Word of God promoting themselves, promoting their own ideas, promoting their own agendas, amen. And in reality, what they're doing more than anything else is patting their own pockets rather than to be faithful in preaching, thus saith the Lord. 1 Timothy 6, turn there with me this evening. Y'all may be in trouble. I feel like preaching all of a sudden. I love the Word of God, don't you? 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And this is where I get this uh, formula we've already looked at, the difference between the worldly formula for covetousness versus the godly formula for contentment. But this passage tells us a whole lot about pride as it relates to uh, material wealth and uh, financial uh, affluence. First Timothy 6, verse number 3. If you found your place, say amen. If any man teach otherwise, verse 3, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. He's proud. You ought to underline that word. 
knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmivings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Here it is, supposing that gain is godliness. There's your worldly formula for covetousness. From such, what does it say to do? Withdrawal. Treat them like a snake. But godliness with contentment is what? There's the formula for contentment. For we brought, hey, listen, you, you need to be familiar with this. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I ain't never seen a hearse behind a U-Haul, have you? Or a U-Haul behind a hearse. I got that backwards, didn't I? Somebody told me they saw one recently. Ruined that. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Just bury it all with them. Amen. Uh, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But listen to this. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful us which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All I'm saying here tonight, and again there's nothing in itself wrong with being wealthy. It's your desire for wealth that's the problem. There is a connection between pride and financial prosperity. The more you have, the more highly you tend to think of yourself than what you ought to think, which is the basic definition of pride. Material affluence and financial blessing tend to skew our ability to think right, to see things and to view ourselves rightly and according to the way God sees us from His own eyes. Because we are wealthy, we think we're okay. Because we have money, we think we must be alright spiritually. We think that because God has blessed us with all kinds of material wealth and financial success, things must then be right between ourselves and the Holy God. We ignore the facts and we use our wealth, our blessings, and our affluence to excuse ourselves and ease our conscience over our sin. Amen. Well, you say, well, preacher, I ain't wealthy. You are according to the world's standards. If you live within the four corners of America, according to the to the poor regions of Somalia and Africa, and Haiti, you're considered wealthy. Because in reality, if you live in America, for the most part, you have all you need. You have more than what you need. Amen? And, and, and what it does is it fosters an attitude of self-reliance and pride in our lives. It's rooted and grounded in pride, our egos and our false evaluation of our lives when it comes to physical and material versus spiritual things. Judah's material wealth had fosters an attitude of pride in their hearts and God was getting ready to deal with it. And I've got a feeling He's getting ready to deal with it in America as well. The only way to deal with the fruit of sin is to deal with the root of sin. Amen. And what had caused Israel to become proud was their stuff. And in order for God to humble Israel, He was going to have to take away their stuff. I'm afraid the only way America will ever be humbled is for the Lord to remove the root cause and the real source of the problem, which is our stuff. Our financial prosperity, our material affluence has fostered an attitude of pride in our lives. We use our stuff to cover up our sins. One way or another, either the goodness of God or godly sorrow will bring us to repentance. Amen? God's goodness hadn't worked, maybe godly sorrow will. We will either humble ourselves before God or we will be humbled by the Lord. And the way the Lord will eventually humble America, I believe this, is by removing our wealth, our affluence, and our financial prosperity and by taking away our stuff. And then He's going to get our attention. But I'm afraid by that time it'll be too late. Amen. There is a wall and a barrier that is keeping America from having revival. And it's our refusal and our unwillingness to humble ourselves in the sight of God. We will never see ourselves as we really are until we see, 
No, excuse me. We will never see God for who He really is until we see ourselves for who we really are. And we are distracted by what we have and what we possess. Our blessings have been turned into a curse. And it's all because of our stuff. All right. So, let me give you just a couple of things real quick tonight. First of all, a corruption. Verse number 9, Thus saith the Lord, uh, after, this is Jeremiah, back to Jeremiah chapter number 13, verse 9. Thus saith the Lord, after this manner will I mar the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. God knew that the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, I like how he refers to it as the great pride of Jerusalem, was what was hindering and standing in between the people and their ability to have fellowship with the Lord. And the root cause of their pride was their possessions. God was going to mar their pride by removing and taking away their stuff. Alright, now, an instruction, verse 15. Hear ye and give ear, be not proud. For the Lord hath spoken. If there's anything I believe God would have to say to the church of America in our our day, if there's anything God would have to say to the preachers of America today, if there's anything that God would have to say to United Baptist Church today, it is be not proud. According to Proverbs 6, the one thing God hates more than anything else is a proud look. A lot of proud looks in our land. Pride, Proverbs 16, 18. Goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly and righteously as God hath dealt unto him according to the measure of faith. Do we have a right evaluation of ourselves in the sight of a holy God? Do we see the Lord for who He really is and do we see ourselves for what we are? Are we sober-minded? Going back to the illustration of spiritual drunkenness. Amen. We're drunk on our stuff and because we're drunk on our stuff, we cannot see God for who He is and we cannot see ourselves for who we really are. I'm afraid that America has long since been intoxicated on materialism. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. Intention, verse number 16. Give glory to the Lord, your God. Amen. I mean, that's a fundamental truth. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Uh, I'm not the star of the show. The spotlight ought not be on the preacher or on the people or on the pulpit or anything else on the program. It ought to be on the, the only one that's worthy and it's the Lord our God, Jesus Christ. He is, the pre, he is the one that is worthy of the preeminence. Amen. God's not going to share His glory. Amen. God's not going to give us revival when we're boasted up like an old blowfish. Amen. Look at me. Look at who I am. Look at what I'm doing. It's all about me. Lifted up with pride. Give glory to the Lord your God. Amen. That's the only thing that's going to get God's attention today. Not our methods. Not our techniques. uh, Not our sales pitches. Not our religious marketing schemes. Amen. Not made by making merchandise of the house and the people of God. I said it Sunday in many circles. That's all souls are, or another form of merchandise. God forbid, and it makes him want to vomit. Verse 16 is an option. Before he calls darkness. In other words, you better give glory to God before he causes darkness. And before your feet stumble upon the dark mountain. And while ye look for light, he turns it into the shadow of death and make it not just darkness, but a gross darkness. Judah had been in the light for so long, they had forgotten what it was to live and walk in darkness. America has lived in the light for so long, we've forgotten what it is to be in darkness. You know why we've lived in the light? Because America was built upon the glory of God. We glorified His name. 
But America is no longer giving, giving glory to the name of Jesus. It's bringing reproach to His name. And I'm afraid God's getting ready to take away our light. And we're going to quickly be reminded of what it is to walk not just in darkness, but a gross darkness. Do you know in one quick moment, God could easily remove the light and cause America to quickly fall into a great darkness? where God takes away what has been the light of life for so long and turns it into the shadow of death in a time of gross, great, and terrible darkness. You know what we are? We have a false sense of security. We're presumptuous. Amen. We're spiritually drunk. Just like a drunk man that's laying passed out in his house while the house is on fire. And he does, he's, he's oblivious to the harm and the danger that's right around, that's, that, that surrounds him. America is more vulnerable today than she ever has been. America thinks she's okay. Many of us, amen, we're not walking in a sense of sobriety. Be sober, be vigilant. Amen. But no, we're intoxicated on our stuff. And we don't re realize just how quickly Light can be taught, turned into a gross form of darkness. Lamentation. Verse number 17. But if you will not hear it, and that's the problem. We ain't paying no attention to what God's trying to teach. He's trying to get our attention forever, but we won't listen. But if you won't hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears. You know, one thing about it, I, I, I believe God's more broken over our sin than we are. Our pride may not break our hearts, but it sure does cause God to grieve and lament over us. He weeps. His eyes weep sore and run down with tears. Amen. A solution, verse 18, saying to the king and the queen, humble yourselves. Sit down. Did you know it all starts with authority? You, you know, we can't expect the followers to humble themselves until leadership's willing to do so. We can't expect the people of America to, to humble ourselves until the leaders and the politicians are willing to get over themselves and their pride. But you know, what I see taking place in a lot of churches, we have the preachers telling the people to do one thing and then they do something totally different. Humble yourselves, but then they walk around and strut around with their big egos. Look at me! Obsessed with themselves and their own agendas. Amen. Infatuated with an attitude of pride. Amen. And it's the blind leading the blind and they're both on their way to falling into the ditch. Amen. Admonition, I'm almost finished. Verse 18. But listen, say unto the king and to the queen, excuse me, verse 18, humble yourselves and sit down. The solution and the remedy to the situation is for us to humble ourselves. That's what the Lord was telling Jeremiah. You want to fix it? Humble yourself. You want to fix the, the problems in America? It's not the economy. It's not the military. It's not racial strife or division. Amen. People need to get over their sails and uh, practice an attitude of humility. Men. A religious mess, we seek after revival. You know, we're wasting our time. You can have as many meetings as you want to have. You can have as you can spend hours upon hours, but until you get over yourself and lay aside your own ego and, and willing to, amen, submit yourself not just before the Lord, but before your brother and sister in Jesus, you're never going to have revival. If my people which are called by my name shall humble. The first step up is down. Admonition, verse 18 and 19, For your principalities shall come down, even the crown of your glory. The cities of the south shall be shut up, and none shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive. All of it, it shall be wholly carried away captive. We've got two options. Either we humble ourselves before God, or we end up being humbled by God. That's simple. 
James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. I'm thankful for that. Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Hallelujah. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of God and He will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. God resisteth the proud. you know why God's resisting us? Because we're eat up with our own pride. Amen? Do you want God to resist you or to accept you? God will accept an attitude of humility. He will resist an attitude of pride and arrogance. And He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Matthew 23, 23, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. It's this simple. Either we humble ourselves before God or we end up being, humble, we end up being humbled by God. Repercussion, verse 17, Because the Lord's flock is carried away, carried away captive. It's the innocent that are going to suffer. You know, it's our children that are going to suffer because we're not willing to lay aside our pride. Where is the flock, verse 20, that was given thee? Thy beautiful flock. We're going to lose our flock over our pride and our arrogance. The innocent flock will suffer because we're too proud to get over ourselves. Reaction, verse 21, What wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? What's, your, what's going to be our excuse? Verse 21 and 22, For thou hast taught them to be captains, and as a chief over thee shall not sorrows take thee as a woman in travail, and if thou say in thine heart, wherefore come these things upon me? Do you know one of these days, I believe, just as sure as I'm standing here, God's going to take away the light, and we're going to, be, we're going to fall in under great, gross darkness. And then what's, going to, what's our excuse going to be then? What are we going to say then? We better, hey, we better uh, make the changes that are necessary and required uh, of us to fix the problem now before it's too late. Revelation verse 22. For the greatness of thine iniquity are thy skirts discovered and thy heels made bare. Do you know, we can put on a front, we can hide, we can, we can, we can deceive ourselves. And I believe that's where we're at today. I believe a lot of us, because we're so intoxicated on all of these other things, ourself our sin and our stuff, that in reality we think we're okay, when in rea but, but really we're not. One of these days God's going to shine a light on us. We can hide it, we can make excuses for why we're not willing to humble ourselves, but one day God's going to shine a light on our true condition. And I end with this tonight, a presumption. I want to remind you that Sunday morning I told you there was a connection isn't it amazing how that the messages all work together? You don't try to do it, but it just does. And I preached a lot about presumption and pride uh, in the pulpit on Sunday morning. But you know, pride leads to presumption. In other words, when we're proud, we believe we can. Uh, what's good for the goose ain't good for the gander. Amen? When we're proud, we think, well, the rules don't apply. It, it, it applies to the common people, but it don't apply to the politicians. Amen? Uh, amen. When we're proud, we say, well, uh, amen, it's one thing for the people, the, the people that I'm preaching to need to hear it, but I don't have to pay attention to it. Do what I say rather than what I do. That's presumption. Pride produces presumption. Verse 23, and we close with this tonight. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Now again, here's, and again, this, I believe this goes back to pride versus presumption. Because we think, listen to me tonight church as we conclude, we think we are the masters of our life. We think we control our own future and our own destiny. Because of what I have, 
because I've always been okay, because I've always walked in light, I'm always going to walk in light. But listen, we don't control the giving out of the blessings. You're not the one that gave yourself your stuff. That, and because of that, you don't control who and when the one that gave it to you choose, might choose to take it away from you. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We may be walking in light right now. Tomorrow we may be walking in darkness, but i got news for you. God's still going to be God. He's still going to be good. He's going to be holy. He's going to be righteous. He's going to still be who He always has been and who He always will be. Because He's the giver. And because He's the creator, we're the creator. See, that's the problem. We've got this thing. Uh, we've got the cart before the horse. He's the creator. We're the creature. He's the giver of the blessings. We're dependent upon Him. He ain't dependent upon us. Honey, God will be just fine regardless of what you do. But amen, your, uh, your condition is dependent upon Him. What He does. Pride equals presumption. And just because we always have been blessed doesn't mean we always will be blessed. We better humble ourselves before we lose what's keeping us from doing so. Just as sure as I'm standing here, and, and this years ago, several years back, before things got a lot worse, and I think you would agree with me, things have gotten a whole lot worse real quick. But even years ago, several years back, I was talking with my dad. Amen. Dad showed me a picture of the ocean today. I said, I hope you fall off the balcony, praise God. <laughs> but me and Dad were talking years ago, and I said, Dad, I said, I, I, I'm afraid that the only thing that's going to bring the church of America back to true repentance is for God to take away our stuff. Because our stuff, Brother Sam, is what is distracting us from seeing God for who He really is. And we'll never see ourselves for who we are until we see God. Amen. We better humble ourselves now while we're in the light. Because one of these days it's going to be too late. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for helping me preach this evening. God, Lord, I just thank you for your word, God. And Lord, your word, your word, your word. It's not about my opinion, my idea, my agenda. God, it's about Your Word. There's power in Your Word. God, we've heard Your Word tonight. Now let us heed Your Word. God, we've been hearers of Your Word, but now let us be doers of Your Word. God, I pray that every one of us, Lord, from the pulpit to the pew, Lord, would examine our, our lives and see whether or not we're walking in, an, in, in the light of arrogance and pride, thinking of ourselves more than what we should viewing ourselves as the master of our own universe, the control of our own destiny, rather than who we are, creatures that are totally dependent upon the Creator. Oh God, Lord. Father, Lord, if I humble myself before You, You said You'll lift me up. But God, if I stubbornly refuse to do so, Lord, You're going to abase me and You're going to bring me down. Lord, I love You and I love these people. Thank You for their attention. Lord, it's been an easy crowd to preach to tonight and I pray Your blessings would be upon us as we leave this place. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.